eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, 50 years they've had to wait and Roma have a European trophy. The first ever winners of the UEFA Europa Conference League. Joseph Mourinho making history as well. Another piece of silverware to his cabinet as they beat Feyenoord one nothing. We have Michael LaHood, Jonathan Johnson. Conference League final recap begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Kigo Lasso. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Conference League final recap as Roma get the job done against Feyenoord with a one nothing victory. It's been 50 years in the waiting for a European trophy and Roma have done it. Before we get into the recap, we have a winner to announce from Wednesday's Paramount Plus giveaway. Congratulations, Dave Sapperson. Sap, our producer, Des Norris, has already DM'd you with details about how to redeem your prize. Enjoy all that live and on-demand content. And good news for everybody else watching or listening. We've got another $100 subscription to give away today. And just a reminder, P-Plus is your home for USL, UCL, I'm sorry, Europa Conference League, Serie A, NWSL, NFL, Golf, Star Trek, South Park, Top Gun, so much content on Paramount+. Plus. Basically, everything to be in with a chance of winning it. Follow Pod on Twitter, like this video, and write your handle and P-Plus in the live chat or comment section. We're giving these away a lot, so please make sure that you get involved. Right then, Michael LaHu, Jonathan Johnson, Conference League final uh, recap. Roma get the job done. Before I get into that, I just want to um, take a moment here and tell you that I, I, it would be remiss of me for you know to mention this. There was a horrific tragedy on Tuesday as 21 people are dead, 19 of them uh, children, two teachers after a shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. It's it's hit me a lot. It's hit me emotionally uh, since it happened for many reasons. I'm sure it's hit uh, Michael as well. He lives in Texas as well. I'm sure everybody, anybody with a heart, obviously, is just uh, so uh, not in shock because these things are not even shocking anymore in this country. It's 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 disgusting, but it, it's been really uh, emotional for me. Uh, I'm a husband of an elementary school teacher. Uvalde, Texas is 80% Latino. The community itself is 92% Latino. And all the kids, when you look at those faces and the teachers, it's, just, it's been a lot. So uh, I just wanted to take this moment to to send my deepest condolences and my thoughts to, to, to the families and the Uvalde community. And, you know, 
we do this again, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And when is enough enough? I, 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 this isn't the moment for it, but I just wanted to make this statement and, 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 and send my, my thoughts and, and let you all know, Uvalde, that I'm thinking of you and uh, change must happen right now. Uh, and hopefully we can act in the midterm elections. But Uvalde, uh, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of all those families and, and, and hopefully we'll bring you some joy as we recap a very boring final, but we'll make it happen. I promise you. But Michael, uh, I know you, you, you're a resident of Texas, you know, yeah. I know I saw Austin FC send a beautiful thread, uh, sending their thoughts and, uh, you know, where you can donate as well, because they're looking for blood as well. Uh, I, I thought if you wanted to chime in here, I just wanted to begin yeah. with these thoughts. No, thank you very much. LME. I, I, this is one of the the beauties of being a part of a show like this. And it's a topic that we should not have to talk about again here in the United States of America, and especially here in Texas. Texas and the state of California, they lead the country in a stat that's appalling, and that's school shootings. And school shootings is, is something parents should never have to worry about in their life. And just I echo the, the sentiments of, you know, just my heart breaks for the entire Uvalde community. We have close friends who are from Uvalde and just walking alongside them, how it's impacted us here in, in San Antonio and central Texas. It, it's just awful. And so, you know, just if we can, I don't know if it's ever been done before, but I'd like to take a moment of silence for, for the victims and the families and all those affected. Absolutely. After Jonathan Johnson chimes in, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a little moment and then we'll begin the show. JJ, I know that you live not in the country, but obviously, you know, you are watching and witnessing yet another horrific, uh, tragic moment in American history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, it's really heartwarming to to hear you guys speaking from the heart uh, that way. Uh, it's not something that that Europe is immune to. You know, I remember growing up in the UK and having similar incidents as well. Not as many, obviously, but the one thing that I would say is is waking up this morning. Uh, I mean, okay, it's not specific to the soccer world, but seeing somebody like Steve Kerr in the position that he's in, you know, put in such an impassioned speech, really. I mean, it's so difficult to hold your composure together when you have so many conflicting feelings of sadness, uh, you know, and a real conviction that, that change needs to, to happen. So to see him, uh, you know, impassioned in the way that he was for nearly three minutes of, uh, of, of you know, real, pure, uh, you know, truth uh, in, in my eyes, I'm, you know, I'm really hoping that more people start to sit up, you know, listen to that sort of logic, that sort of reason. Uh, you know, and something can be done to to address this and, uh, you know, and make the country that you guys call home a, a safer place to be. So, you know, sending my absolute, uh, you know, best vibes and thoughts, uh, you know, from across the pond, not not that much that it's worth, but, uh, you know, my my thoughts, uh, you know, with with all of the, the victims and the families at, uh, at this very, very difficult time. And, you know, thank you for taking the moment at the top of the show, uh, you know, to, to really put everything in perspective and deliver, uh, you know, something of, of major importance. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Michael. And again, on behalf of the Kegolasso family and CBS Sports, I send my deepest condolences and uh, I remain uh, to think about you all. Uh, and please don't forget to uh, head over to, to, you just literally have to go to Texas Tribune or all other newspapers as well over there. And, and they're giving some good links in terms of how you can help the families. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take just uh, a few seconds here to, to, to honor the the, the victims and, and hope for change because that to me is the most important thing.
All right, everybody, we're going to try and uh, make you smile a, a little bit and, and, and recap on this final that was Roma against Feyenoord. Uh, the Dutch team tried and tried specifically in that second half, but Jose Mourinho is victorious once again. And in a way, Jonathan Johnson, in a very jo uh, Jose Mourinho way, uh, a quick, sneaky one nothing, really giving up the 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 you know the possession as much as possible but you can't deny one thing they fought all the way uh to make it here to the final and they won it their first ever conference league final trophy how did you see the game uh, do, do you think uh, roma deserve winners uh t talk to me about that that victory uh how did i see the game i mean through eyes that i had to kind of tape to to keep open. <laughs> it, 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 de it definitely wasn't the easiest one exactly that's exactly how i looked so like uh like homer simpson it's uh no i mean re really really it wasn't it was it wasn't pretty uh but yeah it's it's everything that i guess i could have expected if you told me ahead of time that you know that jersey Mourinho's roma would win i guess i probably would have prepared myself mentally for uh you know a game to be decided in that uh in that manner i you know i don't want to take anything away from fire nord uh you know i do think that they are worthy finalists in a way i just i kind of feel really frustrated given the way that the latter stages of the europa conference league have played out that a club like Marseille, from a French point of view, didn't manage to make it. I think mm. that would have been a huge opportunity seeing the way that this played out. But also at the same time, I mean, to see Roma, you know, celebrating European success. Uh, you know, I I also think in many ways that the club, if not the way that they won it in, in this particular final, uh, you know, they are worthy of European success. You know, Roma have been a, a, a real important club uh, you know for me when I was growing up as a, a, a as a youngster you know some of the players that they've they've gifted us over the years so to see them uh, you know sort of finally getting the continental recognition that they deserve uh, you know I, I think that's a step towards the the Europa Conference League being recognized ultimately on a par with the Europa League uh, yeah. and the Champions League in, in sort of like that recognized uh, hierarchy of the of the trophies but you know sort of in terms of the way it played out I did fear at one moment towards the end that final we're going to get that equalizer and send us to extra time and possibly worse. But, uh, I was I kind of relieved. I love, didn't the fact you, I love the fact that you feared that moment. It's because really yeah. well, it's, it's of what happened in the Europa League final last week yeah. as well. Yeah. Now I hear you. Mike. Oh, man. So I, I was trying to explain this final to one of my buddies who, who's traveled to Europe and he's parading through Switzerland and all throughout trying to check out other leagues other than the Premier League. And and he said, so wait a minute, this kind of sounds like the NIT of European soccer. Yeah, pretty And I much. said, well, you know what? It is. Well, there's nothing NIT about Jose Mourinho. This final was not about Roma. It wasn't about Feyenoord. It was about Jose Mourinho. When the final whistle blew, it was like the passion of the Christ part <laughs> two. When he dropped to his knees, putting up this on his hand. Fifth European trophy. Yeah. He's completed the deck, two Champions League, two Europa Leagues, and one Conference League. Congratulations to you, Mourinho, because there was nothing else about this game from a Roma standpoint. <laughs> Nine shots, three on target, 33% possession, and Mourinho celebrating like it was a buzzer beater that they won the World Cup. 
And you know what? Go on, celebrate, Jose, because this was all about you. Congratulations. That's Golf clap, everyone. That's a really good point, Michael. This really wasn't about these two teams. No. It was about Jose Mourinho. And I love the fact, JJ, that at the end of the game, to Michael's point, he's not even talking about Roma. He's not even going to the fans. He's just putting five up because he's talking about his own uh, record. But, you know, fair play. It's He came uh, and he delivered. And I thought, you know, player-wise – uh, Chris Smalling was fantastic. I thought, you know, Tammy Abraham, even though not scoring, held a lineup well. There were some good the, performances. The, the, the villainous Tammy Abraham. <laughs> yeah. <with that> wink. <laughs> oh, well, there goes Villa getting the shout. Can't help I want, it. I wanted to give him a, a little bit of credit, but from a, from a player perspective, I, they got the job done at least because it did look like uh, fine arts uh, tactics, as good as they are. They are pretty. They're they're pretty to watch. They do some good stuff, but. I feel like they overdo it sometimes. And sometimes you got to try and win ugly. And that's exactly what Joseph Mourinho likes to do. Yeah, they did. You know, I mean, I think there was a lot of, you know, individual talents on show. And, you know, they were two two very well-oiled teams. Uh, you know, and I think as well, it's it's nice that Zaniola was the one to score the only goal of the game when you consider sort of where his career has been the last couple of years. You know, the injury issues he's had, you know, the, his commitment to Roma. Uh, you know, I, I I think that was a that was a nice touch. I'm not sold on the fact that Feyenoord will uh, probably be, uh, you know, convinced that that was the kind of goal that that should have shot them down in this uh, in this competition. But I did feel that they were fortunate to catch Marseille the way they did in the in the semifinals to even get here. Um, you know, but I think they gave a good account of themselves. Uh, I think I read something via Opta that it's not particularly flattering for Dutch coaches in uh, the Europa League and the Europa Conference League these last couple of years when they've reached finals because they've all lost. I think it's like four consecutively now or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I think Feyenoord have, have shown us that it's not all just about uh, Ajax in the in the Eredivisie and there's, you know, perhaps we can expect more from them and PSV in the near future, uh, given that PSV have also given a good account of themselves on the continental stage recently. And hopefully this is something that Roma can build on as well. You know, they're part of this really competitive Serie A at this moment in time and they've got... Uh, you know, one of the old masters in Mourinho uh, in charge. And although he hasn't won a, a Champions League title uh, in over 10 years, you know, for, for him to still be winning continental silverware, you know, he'll want to to get some of the domestic, uh, you know, trophies to to match now. I, don't, I doubt Roma will overnight turn into a, a title contender, but I think, you know, targeting something like the Coppa Italia next yeah. season, given the quality that they have within their ranks, it is, is definitely something uh, something that's doable. Uh, you know, and I think as well, when you win this kind of competition, especially, uh, you know, a maiden competition, it is something special. So, you know, I think it's going to be a massive party uh, in Rome when the when the players come back. Well, obviously not if you're in the sky blue half of Rome, but, uh, you know, for, for the Gallo Rossi, yeah, of course. This is going to be a big, big party and some long overdue success. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy for them. Mm, JJ, I thought that was so well said because I was thinking about what's next for this Mourinho team and this Mourinho club. Because let's face it, this is Mourinho's club, especially with how he will be celebrating. And LME, you said it. I'm on lookout. I've got my cousin who's – I'm not going to say where he's located. He might be at the game. He might be next door. But he's keeping me updated on live tweets and Instagram posts Mourinho will be posting because you know he's going to lap this up. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to for this Roma side is, like you said, domestic cup silverware and also the Europa League. They qualified outright to the Europa League through 
Italian competition through the league. And now if Mourinho can go and win the Europa League or win a Coppa Italia, then I'm more of a believer in what he's doing with this AS Roma side. With the match and the details of it, congratulations to Zaniolo. I, I thought the goal was actually down to a mistake by Bilo, the Dutch keeper who is mm, pushing to be yeah. one of the number one starters for the, the the Dutch national team going into this World Cup. If he stays on his line, I mean, it's it's a well-driven ball, flighted ball in from Mancini. And Zaniolo does well to just evade his marker, backstep, create that space to take it off his chest. But when you look at the replay, there's another center back coming that could have potentially blocked his ensuing shot. Mm. And I think the keeper gave him an easy out to then dink that ball over. He didn't have to come off his line. I think that was a rash decision, and it ultimately cost Feyenoord. From a Feyenoord standpoint, what I loved seeing is the youth talent on that left-hand side, the Colombian, Sinistera. He reminds me a little bit of Estupinian from Villarreal. Mm. Kind of has that electric live wire, can pull something out, a rabbit out of his hat. Some of his entry passes from that left-hand side, when he tucked in and played more narrow, it started creating problems for AS Roma and last-ditch defending bailed them out. And also great goalkeeping from Rio, Rui Petit. How about that save, huh? He's so Ooh. good. Patricio, the saves in the second half, applaud him. And also Malasia and Kochu, the Turkish center midfielder and the Dutch left back. Those are three young prospects all under the age of 23 to keep your eyes on moving forward. And I'm thinking of a transfer window. They could be a couple players getting poached this summer. Yeah, it should be an interesting summer indeed. Uh, JJ, thoughts on uh, Mkhitaryan, by the way. His misfortunes in European finals. Uh, he couldn't play in Baku a few years back as well. Um, it was uh, a sad thing to see, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like he's a guy who's not been dealt, uh, you know, a great amount of luck in his career. You know, perhaps some of that's down to some of the choices he's made, the clubs that he's moved to, uh, you know, and some of that's just, you know, sheer bad luck. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, it does the the, the sound sort of coming out of uh, the club for his future. I think the last time I heard about it was more positive than not. I think there there was sort of, a, you know, the, the door was open for him to extend his stay. Uh, I don't know if that's been actioned just yet, but, you know, deep down somewhere there, you know, with, with Mkhitaryan, there is a very good player, a, a fine player on his day when he wants to be. It's just, we don't get to see as much of that, uh, you know, as, as we have done in the, in the past, you know, hopefully that's something that he can rekindle, whether that's with Roma, whether that's somewhere else, but yeah, you know, he, he is extremely unlucky when you consider the, the way that things have gone the, the last couple of years for sure. Yeah, I think of when I look at him, look at the injury track record of him trying to beat the clock to make it for this final. And sometimes when you gamble as a player and you rush back into a, a final, especially when you have something like a hamstring, hamstrings through the course of a season, they're a fickle, fickle thing, a fickle muscle. I've dealt with them. And man, I, I tell you, it's gutted for him. But on the flip side, he is a European champion. And hopefully, physically, he'll be able to go get going as soon as possible to be ready for preseason next year. But hey, he's a champion. Unfortunately, on a personal level, but I think this was down to the fact that he was rushed back. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't ready 100% for this game. Uh, Dan Kane was asking us a question uh, before about 
Tommy Abraham when he went down. Did Tommy Abraham wink at the camera before acting like his leg was chopped off around the 85th minute? Yeah, yes, yeah, he, he absolutely did, Dan Kane. <laughs> and that, my friend, is what you call the Josie Mourinho uh, approval coronation. That's a Josie Mourinho player situation. I mean, Musa Okwonga said a great tweet. He said Tommy Abraham winking when he was down after being fouled was his final evolution as Mourinho's chosen one. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, yeah. it's just a great day. Hey, as a South American, I completely applaud it. You got to do your thing in order to make it happen. But, you know, here's the thing. Feyenoord, very pretty to watch, but there were so many moments, specifically in the final third, where all you needed to do is just, like, put it in the mixer, just put it in the box. But they wanted to, like, five pass it Michael they wanted to yeah. just like tap it in just put it in the box because you can shake this Roma back line if you if you if you're aggressive enough I mean it was really I mean credit to them for sticking to their philosophy but sometimes you gotta win ugly man at halftime, I thought they were going to put in a second striker. What I what I did think that they did well in the second half, they were more much more dynamic. They looked more like the Feyenoord team that got to this final, that beat Marseille in that 3-2 thriller in the semifinal. And just how the wingers impacted the game up until the final third. They got more creative. Wingers were popping in centrally versus just being statues out wide on the flank like they were in the first half. In the first half, they got bullied. Physicality for Roma, that back three going up against dressers, the leading goal scorer in this competition, it just looked like a total mismatch. Chris Smalling, he was one of my votes for man of the match throughout the match with just how he bullied dressers for most of the match. And then I thought Till, Gus Till, he didn't impact the game enough until that's the, that that just surge in the second half. He was playing deeper, almost like a center midfield. When you're playing against a back three and you only have one center forward up top for your team, your attacking midfielder needs to play closer to him, needs to play higher, so it gives the, those three center defenders something to think about. If you're not going to do that, then one of your wingers needs to run as a second forward, making slashing diagonal runs in between defenders to imbalance them. They did none of that, and I thought it was a little too little too late, but credit to Patricio and the Roma backline. They did just enough in the second half to maintain the 1-0 victory. I mean, I agree with all of the, the, the Chris Smalling praise, and I guess we'll get get on to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, I do feel like final. I mean, you, you've rightly praised Sinistera, uh, you know, not, not just for his performance here, but for the way that he's performed throughout this entire run. And, you know, he is one of the, the major factors in this. But, you know, something also that blows my mind when you're looking at Dessas is it's not even actually really a fixed part of Feyenoord, given that he's been on loan. This season, he's he's performed so well, scored some extremely important goals for them. But you know, uh, Mike was mentioning earlier, you know, sort of thinking ahead to the to the transfer window. He's definitely somebody who I think is, you know, going to be on a lot of clubs' radars given the way that he's performed. Sure, he, you know, he didn't get the goal, uh, you know, perhaps that his performances over the rest of the the, the conference league have merited uh, this season. You know, but he is he is a real presence. And I think for Smalling to to have muzzled him in the way that he did, mm. I was very impressive. I was I was chatting with somebody about Villa's potential transfer window this summer. Um, and I I was trying to make a point that I would be if I was Villa, I'd be looking for somebody who is experienced, who knows the English game, but can slot into mm. the defense. 
uh, you know, and, and brings a bit of experience to take some of the weight of expectation off of the shoulders of Konsa and Mings. And when you're talking about somebody like Smalling in this kind of form, the way that he's rediscovered himself uh, with Roma, you know, I, I don't think he's actually a million miles away from potentially being England international material once again under mm. Gareth Southgate, you know, especially in something like the Nations League when to a degree you can, uh, you know, sort of rotate and test out different options, you know, check out your squad depth. And I, I, I certainly think that this kind of performance should put him back on the radar for that. Yeah, I talked to him for this show, part of that Roma little conversation. Such a smart human being, by the way. So on point, very, very sure of himself. Uh, so, yeah, there's a legitimate England uh, argument for England uh, fans to think, hey, you know, Nations League, time to maybe experiment. By the way, where are you all tuning in from, everybody? would love to know uh, where you are tuning in from and who were you rooting for? today three three options roma Feyenoord, or jose Mourinho. which which where were you going uh with that but fourth, we would love fourth, to know fourth, that. fourth option no extra time <laughs> that's, what, that's who i was rooting for <laughs> jj is coming with the heat tonight no that's a definite option i was yeah uh, yeah. yeah no absolutely by by the way we'd love to know that question if you're an england fan would you consider chris mullin back in especially since mm. Takayo tomori got the call up after we spoke about him on sunday as well he got it with deservedly so as well so you know we'd love to hear from you uh all right rafa cardenas how are you orlando roma in spite of Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it very very good all right um we're gonna take a break everybody when we come back we'll just have a, a little bit of a longer conversation about thoughts hello from long island new york all right floria thank you so much if that's a recent pick congratulations on your Wedding, uh, just like Michael, uh, let us yeah, know wedding, as well. Wedding, wedding, wedding fever it's, in the cave. Yeah, it's wedding like season it. in the States. I like <laughs> it. I like it. I like it. Congratulations. But yeah, keep on sending these in. I'd love to find out where everybody's tuning in from. We're going to take a break. When we come back, a little bit of a longer discussion on Conference League and just how everybody, how these boys thought the very first uh, competition uh, turned out to be. And then uh, some final thoughts. And that should really be it because, you know, we've still got another Kind of big game on Saturday. I think I forget what it's called, but we'll we'll, we'll try and remember it. All right. Uh, Michael LaHood, Jonathan Johnson, LME, Kigo, Lasso, Conference League Final Recap. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Diego Lasso, we're getting some more uh, messages of where you're coming. Jerry Ford uh, from New Jersey. All right. And they were obviously... Going for Roma as well. It gets very confusing when you put where you're coming from and who you're rooting for because I feel like it's 
a part like it's a town in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit weird. And yes, look, Jerry Ford is a real person. I was making fun of you last time because you won a Paramount Plus giveaway and I couldn't believe yeah. it. But and Jerry, you look very, very handsome in your pick. You look very Jerry Fordish. <laughs> All right, so keep on keep on sending them. All right, Conference League final. Thoughts on that? Uh, all right, so this was the very first time this tournament happened. Um, a lot of Jersey folks, by the way. Yeah. This is the very first time we had this competition, Michael LaHood. Um, I think a lot of us were probably apprehensive at first. We're a little bit, you know, why are we doing this? Uh, why are we refilling it? But I think that, personally, I think it did a really good job at highlighting, you know, the quote unquote, you know, lesser clubs in the continent or those that kind of get a chance of getting some silverware. And it ended up being a very fun affair, perhaps not the final itself, but many good matches throughout it. What did you make of the first uh, season with the Conference League? I I think of a team, I don't know why this is the first thought I thought of, but I'm just going to go with it. I think of Tottenham Hotspurs. If If you're Tottenham, this could have been a trophy you could have won. Imagine Antonio Conte getting this team and taking it to a final, but that will be not for next year. That'll be the fate of many other quality clubs. The fact that one of the favorites in AS Roma won the competition, that always bodes well for kind of a PR for moving forward for this competition. If one of the lesser teams, if a fan or wins this competition, then I, you know, kudos to them, but it doesn't really give it that, that sex appeal that we're all looking for when it comes to European nights, Thursday nights in particular for the conference league. Now, when you look at some of the teams and potential teams that could be in this tournament next year, it gives more, it demands more respect if you're a West Ham United. And I, I just, Personally, I'm just so grateful, so grateful that I don't have to say Manchester United because I had the candles burning and the tears flowing when I thought of a massive club like United playing in this competition. But so far, so good. Keep it going. I mean, I think as well, you got the best of both worlds with Roma when you consider how Bodo Glimt, uh, you know, had their moments against them as well, yet Roma still managed to, to make it all the way. I mean, my personal point of view, uh, and I guess that's it, is kind of biased in favor of the French clubs because Marseille went close. Rennes looked like they were a good bet at one point when they finished above Spurs mm. in the group. You know, it gives these leagues that, that that don't, you know, normally sort of get to the reckoning points of the finals in the Champions League or Europa League, you know, that opportunity to bring in some some much needed silverware, you know, to to, to boost sort of the, the the national coefficient, but also to to give some prestige back to, to the domestic league. And I think ultimately moving forward, uh, you know, it's great to see a club like Roma winning, you know, European silverware for the first time in 50 years. And it will be great to see, you know, French clubs, clubs from other countries, you know, ones that that aren't normally sort of in contention for the Europa League or the Champions League, getting that opportunity, that shot at glory. Because, you know, as Villarreal have shown, uh, you know, there is sort of a... A, a, w- a way to build on a on a performance, say in in the Europa League or in this case the Conference League, and then do better in the in the higher ranked competition the season after. Perhaps that's what Roma will go on to do next year. But hopefully, more and more clubs can start looking at co- uh, to- uh, competitions like the Conference League, like the Europa League, uh, and use it to build on the, the the level that comes after that. I think of international competition when I look at this tournament. If you're a player and you're going towards the end of the season and you want to catch your national team manager's attention, playing in games that matter 
outside of the Champions League, outside of Champions League qualification, Europa League qualification, and now you have an added bonus of Conference League, another European trophy. Those are sure ways to get yourself back on the radar, especially when you have a World Cup coming up this fall and also future international competitions, Copa America, Euros, Olympics, you name it. Great opportunities for young players in particular. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Lucho Sinisterra, the Colombian, who's only 22 years old, by the way. You know, he's somebody, of course, that can maybe, you know, catch a lot of attention. But it is a good way to highlight these teams that perhaps we don't pay enough attention to. I personally like the journey, right? The stories that happen in the middle. I bought a glimpse. I didn't know anything about them until, obviously, you know, they kept going in this competition and we read some wonderful stories about them, etc. So I think in the, all in all, it was a win, despite the fact that in the end... Uh, a Josie Mourinho team won the whole thing. But to your point, there's plenty of opportunities as well to do. All right. And also Italian teams in Europe, at least, it was uh, showing that because obviously in the Champions League, that was done. Europa League as well. And now the Conference League show that. By the way, actually, it's another good point. Final point here, Jonathan Johnson and Mike, you jump in. Is this also a good opportunity for Serie A as well? Because obviously they've been struggling a lot in major competition, especially the Champions League. So here are the teams, by the way, that are qualifying for next season from Serie A. AC Milan, obviously winning Scudetto. Inter Milan, Napoli, Juventus, they're in the Champions League. Europa, Roma, and Lazio, Roma, of course, winning Conference League as well, puts them in the Europa League. And Fiorentina, how great is that as well? Is this helping Serie A as well? Strengthen uh, the league itself as it fights with the likes of La Liga, you know, the Bundesliga, the Premier League, of course, and, and even Liga. Yeah, I, I definitely think it does. And I mean, you know, you just have to look at the example of Inter Milan. You know, many people expected them to fall apart this season. That They actually look more solid, certainly in terms of Europe. You know, they only lost out narrowly to Liverpool in the end. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, if... if Milan, uh, you know, now Serie A champions can can sort of show the same progress in Europe next season, you know, because this campaign, it was a bit of a disappointment, but it was their first return to that stage in uh, in many years. You know, and I think if they can build on that, that's that that's a big positive. If Roma, uh, you know, can can construct something in the Europa League now based on this success, uh, that's another big opportunity. And Fiorentina, I really like this Fiorentina side under Vincenzo Italiano. I know kind of the heart and many of their goals were ripped out when when Vlahovic left, but I'm I'm really convinced that they can do something at some point in the next couple of seasons. I think they would have done some even better than they did, uh, you know, had Vlajevic stayed and remained in that form. Would he have stayed in that form if he failed to move away in the January transfer window? We'll never know. But, you know, Fiorentina didn't completely fall away, even though goals were harder to come by. And having them back in European competition is, uh, is definitely something to look forward to. I already think that, you know, they will probably enter that competition as one of the the, the favorites for, for next season. And, you know, I think that this is a really good opportunity, some momentum to seize, uh, you know, and also a chance to kind of move out of Juventus's shadow after years of being sort of the only kind of credible representative of, uh, of Serie A on the continental stage. I'm excited for the fact that you have so many rivals in each pot. Roma does not want to finish worse than Lazio in Europa League next year. That's just that's unacceptable for either club, according to their fan bases and how rabid they are. And I think with how they do in Europe and also how they push each other, the quality of competition within Serie A has gotten better and better and better. You want to know what that attracts? Even better players, foreign players 
coming in, the pathway that the likes of a Tammy Abraham and Chris Smalling have opened up for English players. They may not be getting the love and respect they're getting in England. Hey, come on over. We've seen it happen in Germany. Jaden Sancho going to Borussia Dortmund. I wonder if Serie A becomes the new pipeline for foreign talent that it once was. Yeah, well, to that point, uh, everybody, call to action. Everybody answer this question for us. Which Serie A team will have the best continental run next season? You can include all of them. Champions League, Europa, and Conference League. Uh, which team in Serie A will have the best run in the continent next season? Think very carefully about that one, because you may think the stronger team domestically may not do that well you know, continentally wise. Is that a word? I don't know. From a continental <laughs> perspective, there you go. Uh, but definitely very excited to see all these Italian teams do their thing. And to your point, Jonathan Johnson, I have such a soft spot for Fiorentina, you know, not just because they have a, a little claret in their kit, but also Loco Vargas paid for them, the, the famous Peruvian. Batigol, of course, uh, so mm. good. So it's good to see them in Europe. All right, before we finish, I mentioned there's a little bit of a game on Saturday to wrap things up in the continent. And it's uh, the Champions League final, Real Madrid against Liverpool, exclusively on Paramount Plus, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ as well. And on Kegolazo, boy, do we have you covered. We've got, I've already done a chat with Jim Beglin, one of the voices of the Champions League. He was fantastic. We're going to do a great preview as well leading up to it. On the day off, we'll have a lot of episodes as well. Just before kickoff, after kickoff, it's going to be crazy. But Liverpool against Real Madrid, May 28th. Coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, but we're all over this. And, of course, don't forget to check out all the great content on cbsports.com, which includes, of course, our Jonathan Johnson. Uh, here's one for you, uh, Michael, and then Jonathan, jump in. As we're looking to this final, a huge final, you know, Jim Beglin said a, a good word here. And I agree with him. I'm in prediction limbo with this final. Mm. I'm really struggling. We were asked by our editor, Mike Goodman, earlier, right, Jonathan Johnson, about taking, making our picks of who will win. And uh, I'm sure I'm changing my mind every 30 seconds. It's so difficult, this one, not just because of the strength of their teams, but, you know, on one side, you got heavy metal Liverpool. And on the other one, it's the team that never dies. I, I just don't know who to pick. I have picked. I'll tell you right now, I'll say it tomorrow morning on HQ. I'll say it. I have picked Real Madrid, uh, but I, I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm so in limbo, as, as Jim Bengley says. Give me your thoughts on this final, just, uh, you know, because it's going to be, hopefully it'll be a great one, but it's so difficult to predict. Uh, my There's that song, you know, my mind's telling me no, but <laughs> my predictions are telling me yes. And yes is to Real Madrid. I'm right there with you. Actually, I woke up thinking about the Champions League final just in case the the the, the Conference League final was exactly how it played out. It didn't didn't you get married recently? And you're waking up thinking of the Champions League final already. <laughs> well, well, I'd already I'd already thought about my wife and said good morning and made her a coffee as I do every morning because she watches the show. I really do do that, babe. Tell them. But when I thought about this final, hey, got to cover my bases. I thought about this final, I just think the fact that so much has been made about the quadruple and that it didn't happen with the Premier League, it ratchets the pressure that much more up on Liverpool 
more than I think it does on Real Madrid. Madrid has the expectation to win, but Liverpool, they've already gone out and set their stalls to talk about the quadruple, which they're in the running for. And I just, I don't know. I, I just think Carlo Ancelotti, man, with with just the miracle work and the mm. miracle grow that's happening with this Real Madrid team, it's so hard to bet against. But I could wake up tomorrow after I say good morning to my wife and make her coffee again <laughs> and change my mind. You know what, though? I'm I'm going to reverse it on you. Is there not an argument to say that Real Madrid, given how much they clearly had based their 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 recent train of thought around Kylian Mbappe confirming mm. at some point that he's going to join them, that suddenly it's burst the bubble within the Real camp and suddenly they're a little demoralized that regardless of whether or not they return from Paris with one trophy, the real trophy that they want to sort of build around for the next couple of years has suddenly been pulled away. I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, a, a lot of interviews with some of the players the last couple of days. Danny Carvajal saying, you know, Real is a train that only stops once in your career. Benzema denying that sort of the two-pack post was about uh, was about <laughs> Mbappe. I mean, this is all a shameless plug for my exclusive with Kylian yeah, Mbappe. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where we were going to go. <laughs> no, but rightly so. Jonathan Johnson one-on-one with Kylian Mbappe. And, and by the way, Al-Khalifi as well. It was fantastic. Mm. Stuff. No, you plug away, my friend. Plug away. I do 180 this on you, though, Jonathan Johnson, to your very argument. Could you also argue that Real Madrid's best way to cure this hangover is to win this and to just be like, you know what, Real Madrid fans, we don't need Kylian Mbappé. We will win this and we will take care of business. In fact, they don't need him. Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, Karim Benzema. It's just too good. Having said that, I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll look at that Liverpool team and I'll just be like, oh, maybe they can do it. A lot depends on fitness. Thiago Alcantara was still waiting on him. I think he's a vital part. But it's going to be a tricky one, okay? So I don't know. So everybody out there, I'm sure all of you are still perplexed about this one. Here's an interesting factoid for you as well. That was kind of interesting. So Real Madrid going for their 14th Champions League title. Uh, not too far away. In fact, around 14 kilometers, right, uh, JJ, maybe a little bit less, is Roland Garros, where Rafa Nadal, the Spanish tennis player, is also going for his 14th French Open title as well. I wonder if there's going to be like this uh, Spanish uh, summer in, in Paris. I'm not sure. I'm sticking with Real Madrid. I think I'm going to be sticking with that. Uh, it, it's very difficult, but I think I'm going to stick with that. But I don't know. Jonathan Johnson, you didn't give me a... You're saying Liverpool. You're going Liverpool, right? Because I think you said you, and you're going to take it all the way to penalties, I believe. No, no, no. That was the joke. Uh, when you were talking about Mike uh, asking us to make predictions, like, I think I predicted Liverpool... 2-1 Real, so I think it's going to be a narrow Liverpool win. But then I said, either way, like whatever I say, I'm going to be made to look stupid because every time I've made a prediction featuring Real, it's turned into like some mental game where exactly. it like finishes like 4-4. Mm. So it'll probably be like 7-6 after They make you look time. like fools, I know. Final word, Mike. Oh, man. One thing we're sure of. I've already put my stall out with Real Madrid. One thing we are sure of, this is going to be an electric matchup. And I, I'm I'm excited for it. And you know what? As Des said, I'm going to save the rest of my juice for tomorrow. <laughs> you have to. And make sure that you tune in, everybody, because we will be taping our Champions League preview on Thursday. It will be coming out later as well on YouTube. And, of course, wherever you get your podcast, it will be a compre- comprehensive Champions League preview as well. And we'll be all over this as we head into Saturday, which you can watch exclusively on CBS Sports 
Paramount Plus. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. That's it. Let's let uh, Jonathan Johnson sleep. He's in Paris, by the way. He's going to be there. So I'm excited as well for us to give us uh, all his. Uh... You, you, got, you guys want to know a fun fact about the Champions League final before we wrap this all up? The Frenchest, the Frenchest thing imaginable is happening in the build up to the game. There's <laughs> going to be a transport strike on the train lines of the stadium, which is going to cause mayhem right. for everyone getting there. <laughs> That is genius. So, so when you say you're envious of James Benj and I and other guys at the stadium, <laughs> just just bear in mind the the trek that we're going to have to make. The you're going to have to camp out to the, the night stadium. before. I think you're going to have to camp out the night before. Unbelievable! That is extremely French for that to happen as well. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's it. But yes, like we said. Uh, we have a great Champions League final preview coming to you later on, but we've got so much content already as well. My great chat with Jim Beglin. This recap will be available as well from Thursday. Don't forget to follow us, Kegolasso Pod, on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso, John underscore gossip. You can read his great piece with Kylian Mbappé, by the way, on CBS Sports as well with Alkalifi, and you can watch it on Kegolasso as well. So we're all over it. Mike Lahoud will be part of our team as well. We have so much stuff to give you. Have a fantastic rest of your day evening. Michael, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Ah, thank you so much. And thank you again for taking time out to address the tragic events of yesterday. That's first-class stuff. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Jonathan Johnson, thanks, man. Take a good night's sleep and make sure you buy a good tent because I don't know what the security is like outside the stadium <laughs> at night before you are. Thanks a lot, guys. I love it. I love it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Kigo Lasso Pod on Twitter, YouTube.com forward slash Kigo Lasso. Have a fantastic evening. We will see you next time. Remember, YouTube.com forward slash Kigo Lasso, where you can find all our content. Till then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.